Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you want to tune in that way, we're really easy to find on all of those social media platforms. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're usually the first thing that pops up. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. It's just my name. That's my handle. If you have any feedback that's nice, respectful, and on topic, I would love to hear it. Today is Friday, November the 1st, and we've got a jam-packed show for you guys today. A lot of football. A lot of football. Uh, we've got our NFL rapid-fire segment. We've got college football, and we've also got three in-depth games uh, that we're going to be talking about when it comes to the NFL. Uh, some injury notes off the top. Joe Flacco out for the season. Uh, we knew he was hurt, but we didn't know the extent. So now it's Brandon Allen. Yeah, name that Allen. There are now three quarterbacks with the last name Allen playing in the NFL. Uh, Brandon Allen, of course, coming out of Arkansas, if you watched SEC football at all. Uh, so he'll be making his first start for the Broncos. Uh, and then Steph Curry for the Warriors. He is now out for three months at least with a broken hand. He's going to need surgery. Uh, so tough news for Warriors fans. Uh, if you weren't bandwagon fans <laughs> that just decided uh, to be Warriors fans, only when they're good because certainly uh, they've fallen on tough times uh, up there at Golden State. Uh, even though Tony T thinks it's a good thing because now Steve Kerr is set to get some lottery picks add to their talent pool uh, get this stat that Craig told me before the show uh, before this injury the Warriors were 35 to 1 to win the championship now 100 to 1 <laughs> so so if you do have faith in the Warriors I guess you could take it but Steph Curry and Klay Thompson uh, both out that's tough that's a, a pretty good core to lose uh, last night we saw the 49ers and the Cardinals play on Thursday Night Football if you weren't trick-or-treating. And you know what? It was really nice for me because I had the over. Those are the, the easiest bets because uh, you can hit it before the game's over as opposed to taking the under. It's not over until it's under. So playing the over was kind of nice. Uh, as I mentioned, a great show. When we get back from the break, we're talking college football on Picks and Parlays. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays on this Friday afternoon. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter every day at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. And also check us out on any of your favorite social media platforms. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Right now, let's dive into some college football. We've got Chip Trimbus. Uh, rocking another interesting tie. Chip, you've been dressing up lately. I love it. Well, you know, we all have skeletons in our closets, and I decided to bring mine out and put it on display. 
So this is what we have. We have a little skeletons. Yesterday we have the pumpkins, and we're going to keep the seasonal trend right on through Christmas. Oh, all right. Well, let's talk about some of these games. Sure uh, let's start with a good one. Let's start uh, with the Pac-12 uh, championship rematch game. Uh, Utah and Washington, the Utes favored in this one at minus three and a half. Uh, and they're seven and one, five and three against the spread. Absolutely. Washington five and three, and also five and three against the spread. Uh, initial thoughts and feelings on this one. The total is forty-seven and a half. Uh, any of these numbers jumping out to you? Yes, yeah, so, um, Chelsea. Last week, if you might remember, we did the Utah California game, and Utah was a twenty-one point favorite, and the total was thirty-five and a half. I mean, thirty-seven and a half. And I think I told you that in order for this game to stay under, Utah is going to have to shut California out, and that's exactly what they did. They won thirty-five nothing. Utah has only allowed seven, three, and zero points in their last three games, beating Arizona State, Cal, and of course shutting out um, last week, shutting Cal out last week, but. This number at 47 seems very strange to me. Um, Washington's been a bit a little disappointing, particularly at home, though they are 4-1 and one against teams with better records when playing as the host. But this total it really intrigues me because that Utah defense has only given up 231 yards per game, which is absolutely outrageous. And they're averaging 233 passing, 219 on the ground, and yet they're only a three-point favorite here. So that sort of raises an eyebrow to me. But the thing is, Chelsea... With Utah being 47 and a half, I think they're trying to tell us that this game is going to go over, particularly off the number and the performance that they had last week. Who's not going to want to play this team under this week at 47 and a half? I think it's really a come get me situation here, and I look for this game to go over the total. Right, it almost seems too easy, and it seems like a square play almost. Uh, just right. looking at Utah's defense, as you mentioned, right. uh, the last three games, they've been incredible, and statistically, they're the best run defense in the nation, giving right. up only 56 yards per game, uh, which is incredible. So, um, well, I don't know. It looks square, but last season, it was uh, Washington that won this 10-3. And you know, championship. exactly, and that was the under, and now they come up with a 47 and a half this week. You know, this Washington team um, has gone over four of the last five times they played teams with winning records. So um, they're going to look to put some points on the board. I'm, I'm sure they're coming up with something. It just, it just looks so suspect to me, Chelsea. 47 and a half after having 37 and a half last week, and after shutting out their opponents and only allowing 10 points combined in their last three games. I think it, the under looks too inviting here, and I'm going to stick with the over. As far as the side, uh, may have to wait, may have this game up on the side on Saturday. I'm not quite sure yet. I, I, I don't think so. But if I was to play now, I'd play this total over. Uh, you're an experienced better. I think we have established that. Right. Uh, when you see lines like this that look very suspicious, right. are there any uh, line movements that you can look at to kind of um, – I don't know, submit what you were thinking or change your mind? Well, what I like do... Like maybe the sharp plays or line... Right, exactly, exactly. What I do is I do canvas a number of different websites and I look to see and check on trends. And um, if there is, a say, a public movement toward a side over, under, or favored, or underdog, I have a tendency to want to play against it. But, you know, we have to be careful nowadays because there's so much sharp money out there, and there are what we call the wise guys out there. So there's money coming on both sides of a game, which may seem like it's one-sided, and though in actuality it's not. And with these numbers, they pop up sometimes. You see me, you know, that just doesn't look right. That doesn't look right. Um, there was a game a couple of weeks ago where LSU came up 13 and a half over Auburn after Auburn had just beaten Florida. Mm -hmm. 
That game didn't look right at all, and they won by 14. So, you know, it's sort of like buyer beware. Right. Yeah. All right, let's move on to okay. Auburn. Uh, just, I believe they didn't beat Florida, but they did cover. I think that's probably what you're thinking of. Um, right, they gave Florida everything. No, they lost to Florida. They were the favorite. And then Florida came up and won the game outright. So Auburn, as a beaten favorite, came back next week. Have I got that confused? Right. Am I confused with that? I, well, anyway, regardless is what I'm trying to point out. I think you have it right out. now. Yeah, what I was trying to point out is that sometimes these numbers look like an anomaly, and it, it just like looks so right. inviting. And I think that 47 on that Cal-Utah game is one of those numbers. Uh, a 19-point favorite right, here so with Auburn at home is not one of those numbers. Right, that's a, yeah. that's a huge number. Auburn favored 19.5 over Ole Miss. Ole Miss just 3-5, and 4-4 four and four against the spread. The total sits at 52 and a half. However, in his press conference this week, Gus Melzon talked about Ole Miss's offense and how it's a unique style offense. Uh, they thrive on deception and RPOs. It's a spread style offense that they kind of rely on the run game yeah. to pick up uh, the, the brunt of the attack. And they actually rank second in the entire SEC in rush offense. However, they haven't played too many people that are very good. But they did score 31 on Alabama. So what do you think about this number in Auburn and Ole Miss? I think Mississippi is down from teams that we've seen in the past that could have been competitive against, like you said, Alabama or whatever. They're only 5-13 and 13 in their last 18 games overall against the point spread. Meanwhile, this juggernaut called Auburn, 7-0 against the points in their last seven games, 16-5 against teams with losing winning percentages, and they're 8-1-1 against the points in this series. So naturally, you would think that Auburn would probably and dominantly be the play as a 19-point favorite. I won't be surprised if it gets to 21. But there's an issue here I have, and that is the fact that last week we had Auburn as our big point spread winner against LSU, and they left their heart on the field. If you saw that game, Chelsea, this Auburn team played mm -hmm. their guts out to the final whistle, our final gun, shall I say. And now they're coming back this week in a against a team which they know they can dominate. They've dominated in the past, and I'm wondering if their concentration, if their focus is going to be as strong as it should be, considering they do have a week off, but they play Georgia. Georgia's their next opponent. And, you know, Auburn, in order to cover, cover these points, they can't do it all on defense. And offensively, we know they have struggled. Bo Nix, who's supposed to be the second coming out here in Auburn, has, <laughs> has thrown only to 54% on the year. He does have 12 touchdown passes against six interceptions. But in this day and age, with the passing game being what it is in the SEC and in the entire college football, those numbers are not impressive at all. Um, like I said, they left Auburn, left I think they were totally exhausted when that LSU game and so disappointed. I just think psychologically they're going to have a difficult time getting ready for an Ole Miss team that they know they can beat easily. They're 0-3 on the road, Mississippi is, although they are 2-1 against the points when traveling. So who are you taking? I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to take Mississippi. I mean, this is like this is the all-time antichrist game that we've spoken about before, where a team has no chance. They look like they have no opportunity to win the game whatsoever. But stuff happens, as we say. We had a 14-point underdog, Georgia Southern, last night come up and, and beat the Appalachian State. And that was our big play Thursday night. So anything can happen in these games. I'm going to take a shot here with Mississippi, hoping that the points are good. All right, let's move on to NC State and Wake Forest. Wake Forest favoring this one. Uh, minus seven and a half. Total sits at 60 and a half. NC State is four and three, but just two, four and one against the spread. Meanwhile, Wake Forest, six and one, three, three and one against the spread. 
Uh, I went to NC State, and it's really hard to have faith in this team uh, when they're so uneven. It seems like one week when they're supposed to do well, they falter, and then when they're not supposed to do well, you know, they'll come up and uh, play Clemson close. So I'm not sure how to feel about this one. NC State is 0-3 on the road. Wake Forest yes. 4-1 at home. Uh, Chip, how are you leaning? You know, this is Wake Forest team. They have, they've lost one game, and that game they scored 59 points. They're an offensive juggernaut. 524 yards averaging per game, 37 points per game. They're the home team here. They're 10-2 and two against the number against this NC State team. This Wolfpack team has been very disappointing. You know, you say they've lost their last three on the row, and they've actually lost five straight to the number on the road, and they're only one and eight against some points at Wake Forest. So you would think that you would want to lay this, this game here, but I'm sitting here at a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, a total that is 60-and-a-half, and I think with this Wake Forest, this Demon Deacon team, <laughs> they just go out and look to punish you offensively. Averaging is 37 points. I think this game goes over the total. Like I said, even in the game they got beat against Louisville, they scored 59 points. The problem for the Wolfpack is they've had quarterback issues, and they've had switching it around. 414 right. yards per all game. All right, I've got to cut you off. Okay. Sorry, Chip. Uh, all right, that's our college football over. talk. After the break, we're getting to NFL. Stick with us. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays on this Friday afternoon. Uh, we're streaming this live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If, you've if you'd like to see the faces behind the voices, if you're listening on radio, uh, if you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger, and let's dive back in to some more football. Right now, we've got Tony T., joining us and we've got the all blue color combo on our show today if you're not watching tony t how are you i'm doing very good chelsea thank you you know uh, you know the nfc is pretty interesting race here as we're at the midpoint of the season with the 49ers out eight and oh the saints seven and one packers seven and one of course everybody knows that that buy in the playoffs very important for your chances to go to the super bowl and of course the nfc east cowboys four and three division leaders you know, we saw what happened to them last year when they had to play Seattle in that wildcard round. They came out flat in the divisional round. So if the Cowboys want to get that bye week, uh, they can't afford too many losses when we're seeing these, these division uh, winners here with, one, with one, lo one loss or less here as we get to, as we ready for the second part of the season. Right, and that's been the bugaboo for, for the Cowboys. It's been the postseason. So uh, the regular season doesn't mean much. Uh, if they don't make a statement in the postseason, and Jason Garrett is certainly hoping that they do something this year because, you know, he's on the hot seat a little bit. Uh, so let's talk about their next game. Cowboys-Giants, as you mentioned, a big NFC uh, East matchup, although the Giants, you know, not the juggernauts uh, that maybe the Cowboys are, even though ca the Cowboys are only 4-3, and three, uh, also 4-3 and three against the spread. The Giants 2-6, and 3-5 and five against the spread. Uh, Cowboys favored minus 7. This one over-under is 48. Uh, any of these numbers jump off the page to you? Well, you know, looking at this Cowboys-Giants game, I, I really know how important this game is for the Cowboys. They're, they're one game in the loss column above the Eagles here, but they really got to get their acting gear here if they want to go deep in the playoffs. And I like the Cowboys here at minus seven. Uh, they've covered five straight against the Giants. And one thing that's kept um, Jason Garrett employed is the fact that he's 13-2 straight up and against a spread against the NFC East. Of course, the Cowboys coming off the bye week after that win against Philadelphia. Uh, and, of course, Giants now sit on a four-game lose streak, losing to Detroit. 
And, of course, the offense, really Giants, really not producing much past three games, 282 yards, 3.9 yards a carry on the ground. I like, I like the Cowboys in this one, Chelsea. Right, and as we saw, the Cowboys had a little bit of a bounce-back game uh, coming off uh, a bye and a win over the Eagles, 37-10. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott rushing for over 100 yards, which was nice to see. And then the Giants, they lead the league in turnovers with 19. Uh, not great. And they also let Matt Stafford throw for 342 yards and three touchdowns in their last game. Granted, Matt Stafford, I think, is actually a better quarterback than a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, he does throw it well. I think in the past his issues has been uh, accuracy and interceptions. So that's not a great standalone stat, I would say. Uh, but, yeah, the Cowboys, do you think this is a good value, uh, that they're only favored by seven? Does that seem too low to you? Yeah, that, that seven points does seem a little low to me considering the fact that uh, how important this game is to the Cowboys and the way the Giants are turning the football over have not been very good. And uh, But, you know, they don't like to get it over touchdown because that home dog angle in, in, in the NFL Monday night, uh, if they get it over seven, you're going to get a lot, of the, a lot of the computer guys on the Giants side. But I just don't see it. Uh, Daniel Jones here against this Cowboy defense having success. Remember, they met on opening night. Uh, Cowboys pounded the Giants 35-17. I, I realize Eli was in there, but... Man, that Giants defense really gave it up. Uh, you know, Cowboys, 495 yards, 405 passing. And, of course, three other teams have gained over 400 yards of offense on this Giants defense. And, uh, really, I'm, I'm not really a, a fan of the defense here. I think the Cowboys, uh, again, their, their success against the, against the division, I like them in this one. I will say the only thing good, I guess, for the Cowboys uh, when it comes to betters is that they've stumbled a little bit uh, early on the year. So you might get a little bit of uh, bit of better value. Let's move on to the Packers and the Chargers. The Packers are 7-1 and one and 6-2 and two against the spread. They've been pretty good for betters uh, this season. They're favored minus 3.5 and, and the total uh, over-under is 48.5. Chargers, meanwhile, are 3-5, and 2-5-1 uh, against the spread, but they are coming off a 17-16 win over the Bears as underdogs. Who do we like in this one or what's the play? Yeah, I like uh, the Packers here. Now, it was three. It's moved to three and a half because there's a cluster injuries for the Chargers on that defensive line, and that's worrisome if you want to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, again, I like I like the Packers in this one. Looks like good weather here in L.A. for this game, and there'll be a lot of Packer fans. We know the situation is for, for the Chargers in that soccer stadium. The management's not going to spend money in marketing of the team in a soccer stadium, so they're waiting for that move over to the new stadium. But uh, I like the Packers here, minus three and a half. Uh, seven and one road win at Kansas City. I know it was the backup quarterback there for the Chiefs, but they got the win. Their offense is clicking. 434 yards, uh, 318 yards passing, 70% completion rate by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, looks like wide receiver Devontae Adams could return to the lineup on on Sunday. And really, the you know, Chargers. This is one thing I've always had with issue with them. They don't get production from the run game. Uh, past three games, just 2.3 yards a carry, and of course that puts everything on Philip Rivers. Sometimes he tries to do too much. Of course, when you're facing Aaron Rodgers, he's going to feel the pressure like he's going to have to score in every down or every 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 uh, series. And when that pressure is on him, he tends to force throws and make mistakes. That's why I like the Packers in this one. All right. I, I see that you like the Packers, but let's talk about the total a little bit. I know it's not your key play, uh, but if you leaned one direction, which, where, which uh, direction would you go? Because it looks like the Packers are five of six, uh, five of their last six to the over. And the Chargers are six of seven to the under, so a, a bit of an anomaly there. Uh, when you see forty-eight and a half is 
there any way you would lean? You know, if I would lean in this game, I would I would lean to the over for this reason because the Chargers are not getting anything on the ground, and if the Packers get out to a lead, it's going to force pretty much Philip Rivers to throw on a, on a, have really have high volume of throws, and when the ball is up in the air that much, it tends to have there will be more possessions, and there's likelihood of a high scoring game. So I would definitely look. I would lean on this one to the over the total. And especially if they are playing from behind, they'll have to throw it. Uh, we saw that against the Titans because that uh, Titans Chargers game, I took the under. <laughs> and then Philip Rivers <laughs> went to work on the Titans secondary. Uh, luckily, they fumbled in the end zone, but still not a great play for the under. Let's move on to the Bucks and the Seahawks. The Seahawks are favoring this one minus five. Uh, over under is 52 and a half. Seahawks are six and two on the year, three and five against the spread. The Bucks are two and five and also 2-5 and five against the spread. They're coming off a loss to my Titans, 27-23, uh, uh, where I think the issue with the Bucks is which Jameis Winston will we see. Uh, at times this season, he's actually looked pretty good, but at other times, he gives the ball away a lot. He had four turnovers against the Titans, and that's been his issue. Uh, even though Mike Evans tore up the Titans, I think he had almost 200 yards receiving. Uh, so... What are we thinking when it comes to the Bucks and Seahawks? You know, with the Bucks, it's real simple. Just look at the, the defense they're facing, and if it's a really, really good defense, you go against them. But if they're facing an average to below average defense, I think you can take them as an underdog. And that's what I see here. I like Tampa Bay plus the five. Seahawks have just not been impressive at home. You know, week one, only one point went to Cincinnati, and fall that was a mistake-filled loss to the Saints. 0-4 against the spread at home for the Seattle Seahawks uh, this year. Remember, they got lucky. The Rams missed that makeable field goal in their Thursday night win. Of course, they had that loss to the Baltimore. And, of course, uh, one thing to note here with the Seahawks, and this is why the line has moved. It was about six and a half now down to five. As the Seahawks are dealing with cluster injuries on defense. They just lost a safety to the IR. And, uh, well, you know, the Buck, as we talked about, the Bucks have had their issues with the mistakes. Jameis Winston, well, hope you're wearing your Santa hats in Tennessee because he was giving gifts out to everybody. But, that was a good defense here. This is not the same Seattle defense that we've seen in the past, and they're not playing as strongly at home as we've seen in the past. So uh, I do like them. I do like them in an underdog role here. They can move the football offensively, and I like the, the Bucks and the points. I will say the Seahawks are 5-0 uh, versus teams with losing records. So do you think that applies here or not? Well, you know, that's, that's an interesting point you make there, Chelsea, against the losing teams. But the thing about it is when you look at Tampa Bay, they're a losing team when Jameis Winston makes mistakes, and that's against the really top-tier defenses. But I don't, I don't put Seattle in that category right now. I know, I know Pete Carroll does a great job with defensively, but I think this defense has been really ripped apart uh, with injuries, and they're, they're giving up a lot of yards. You know, they're allowing, you know, when you look at home, the Seahawks numbers at home, they're giving up. 377 yards, 28 points per game. Uh, that's not very good. And out of that, others yardage is 277 yards through the air. So I, you know, even though the record says winning, I don't think those are winning numbers that that, that defense is allowing. And of course, uh, you know, the, the past two games defensively, the Bucks have allowed just 268 yards to Carolina, 246 to Tennessee. So if Jameis Winston doesn't make the mistakes, the defense pretty much plays, holds up. So uh, that's why I like the points in this one. Bucks have a really good rush defense. Uh, actually, the top-ranked uh, rush defense in the entire NFL. Even though I think, as you mentioned, the defense can only do so much. I've seen that a lot with the Titans <laughs> when you keep giving the ball away. 
uh, and you make the defense uh, sit on the field for longer, it makes it harder. But you like the Bucks in this one? Um, any lean on the total? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point there with the total here. Uh, anytime you see the Bucks, you always think over, but the line here is 53. So you're looking at a high-scoring game here, possibly, and I, I think that can happen. You know, uh, I would lean over for, for this reason. We saw what the Ravens were able to do. And again, that pass defense for Seattle, not very good. We may have to see Russell, Russell Wilson throw the football a lot more. As a matter of fact, there, I think last check they were throwing and running 50-50, and they have to throw a little more if Jameis is on and that offense is on and that Seattle defense continues to struggle. Right. Even though I think Russell Wilson is, uh, as usual, he's always doing his job. And as an NC State grad, I would like to say now NC State has four starting quarterbacks in the NFL since Ryan Finley is now starting. So it's crazy. And we only go to like the Champs Sports Bowl uh, when they're in college. So that's frustrating. <laughs> Thanks as always yeah, uh, for Tony T uh, giving us for some insight for these NFL games when we get back from the break. More NFL rapid fire on Picks and Parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. Uh, we've got a packed final segment, uh, final big segment, we're raring to go for you guys. We've got NFL Rapid Fire with Craig Trapp and Joe D'Amico, uh, who are both. Or no, Joe is in Vegas. Craig's yes, in ma'am. Ohio, I think. <laughs> Hence my and tan. Before we get, oh, man. Before we get started, Joe, uh, I know you have a, a charity event that you'd like to talk about a little bit because we always like to give back. Absolutely, Chelsea. Thank you. Everybody out there, if you're in Southern Nevada this Sunday, November 3rd, come join us over at Miracle League Fields. That's on 101 South Rancho Drive. I am honored to be umpiring the Vegas Wish Celebrity and Heroes Kickball Game and Fundraiser. Local celebrities and athletes are going to be matched on teams with local first responders and military veterans. We have some of the biggest names and headliners on the Las Vegas Strip going to be participating. Game, uh, gates open at 12. Game starts at 1. Come on down and join some great people for an amazing cause. I hope to see you there, guys. All right. Thanks, Joe. All right, Thank so you. let's dive in to this NFL rapid-fire segment. Uh, let's start with the Bears and the Eagles. The Bears are 3-4, and 2-5 uh, and five against the spread. Uh, Eagles 4-4, four 3-5 and four, three and five against the spread. The Eagles favored in this one at minus 4. Uh, the over-under is 41.5. Craig, uh, let's start with you. Who do you like in this one? Well, it's hard to like this Bears team after... <laughs> You know, you get this great defense, and then you get this terrible offense. And, and it's not like you're, they're even taking care of the ball on offense anymore. Uh, to me, you have to fade uh, the Bears until they figure out what they're going to do on offense. I mean, they have no clue what they're doing, and turnovers continue to kill this team. I don't care how good the defense is. That's not going to matter this week. Let's take the Eagles minus four here, as Philly has no problem uh, continuing the struggles for this bad Chicago Bears offense. Right. It's wild that Mitch Trubitsky, uh, star of the season, was one of the dark horse contenders for MVP, according to some betters. Uh, now, definitely not. Uh, Joe, let's go to you on this one. Uh, Bears-Eagles. Chelsea, like? Chelsea, Craig, Sports Friends, I'd love to talk about this game, but this is one of the biggest plays I'm going to release so far this entire NFL season. You can get it right here at Picks and Parlies. Listen, this is one of the biggest plays I've released so far this season. I want all of our followers 
all of my football followers out there to be on this. Get it right here at Picks and Parlays. You're going to follow me all the way to the bank. <laughs> His future's so bright. He's got to wear shades and a hat. <laughs> <laughs> That or his bling is so bright. Uh, if you're just listening and you can't see Joe, he's wearing his signature huge chain with a bunch of bling, and I believe that's a Cowboys uniform, right? It is a Dallas Cowboys, a Tony Dorsett throwback jersey and my Cowboys hat. Actually, Chelsea, when I wear this jersey, I can take a full second off my 100-yard dash time. Oh, we <laughs> might have to test that one day. <laughs> right. Let's get back to our picks. Uh, moving on to the Colts and the Steelers. The Colts are favoring this one minus one. Over under is four, uh, 41. Excuse me. Colts are five and two, four two and one uh, against the spread. Steelers three and four, three three and one against the spread. They're coming off that win to the Dolphins. I guess you would call it a win, 27-14. Uh, but they didn't cover and. They let the Dolphins score 14 points. Enough said. The Colts uh, do have some injuries uh, with T.Y. Hilton out indefinitely with a calf injury. Uh, so, uh, Craig, we'll start with you again. Who do you like in this one? Well, this is actually my NFL play of the week for week nine, but uh, as on the side. But I think the total on this one, I like the under here. I just think both of these teams are going to be uh, tough to score. I think the Steelers in a short week are going to have to play a little more uh, ball control offense. And the Colts, I think they're going to do the same. Like you said, with, with Hilton out, they, that loses a big uh, weapon for uh, Kobe uh, Brissett. And I think the Colts and Steelers go under the total. But my top play, you can get it over at picksandparlays.net. All right, Joe, you're up. Chelsea, uh, every sharp I know and every gaming publication on the planet is taking Pittsburgh in this one. And now I will say this. I feel at this stage in the game, Mason Rudolph is every bit as good as Ben Roethlisberger. But, but. The Steelers still have no offense, and their defense is mediocre at best. Even with Hilton out, Brissett and Mack are still powerful. They're still got a, they could still put points on the board. They could still do any – most offenses can do damage to the Pittsburgh defense. I'll lay the point. As of right now, it's, it's one point. I'll take Indy laying the one. All right, moving on to the Titans and the Panthers. This is a matchup of two teams that have had good defenses uh, that have carried their offenses – uh, somewhat. The Panthers are favoring this one minus three and a half. They are at home. Uh, total sits at 42. And here's a stat for the Titans. Uh, with Mariota, five of six to the under. With Ryan Tannehill, who's now starting uh, at quarterback, they're two and oh to the over. Uh, Craig, who do you like in this one? Well, I apologize in advance, Chelsea, because <laughs> I know the Titans are your team. And tough to watch. When, when, you're, when, when Mariota can't, can't beat out Ryan Tannehill, that says enough uh, about this Titans team. I'm going to continue to ride this Carolina Panthers team. Since Cam Newton went out, they're just way more consistent. They don't take big chances. They don't make huge plays always on offense, but they just figure out a way to get it done. I like the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I see it anywhere from three to four. Let's call it three and a half. I think the Carolina Panthers get it done again this week. Even though Kyle Allen didn't look nearly as good against a, a good defense uh, in the 49ers, so uh, the Titans do have a good defense. That's their strong point. So I'd be interested to see how he plays against this defense. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Chelsea, at first glance, I was Carolina all the way here. But after looking closer, as you just mentioned, Tennessee is a very good defense. They're ranked fourth. They only give up 16.9 a game. And Ryan Tannehill has certainly sparked the offense. To be honest, I don't know if the Panthers can recover from last week's 51-13 beatdown. I'll take the points with Tennessee, especially last I seen before taping three and a half. I like that hook here. 
All right, going on to the Lions and the Raiders. The Raiders are favored in this one, minus two and a half. Uh, the over-under is 50 and a half. And the key stat in this one, the Raiders are playing in Oakland for the first time in 48 days. That's absolutely wild, I guess, because uh, that game in London counted as their home game. But still, it's got to be nice to be back at home. Uh, Craig, what number stands out to you? Uh, what's the play? Well, who would have thought how many times that this season the Raiders would be favored? So, I mean, I guess that speaks <laughs> to how, how kind of, uh, I won't say come from nowhere, but they've been way better than thought, especially, um, obviously, when, you know, offense was a huge question mark after uh, all, all the offseason issues, let's just say, at wide receiver. But Oakland Raiders favored by two and a half, total of 50 and a half in this one. I'm going to take the Lions, though. I just think the Lions uh, defensive line, I think, is going to be an issue uh, or the strength for the Lions here. I think they'll get plenty of pressure uh, on the Raiders offense. And I think that's the key here. You make the Raiders um, one dimensional and make them run the ball. I don't I don't trust their running game. I think the Lions get the outright win here. But let's take the plus two and a half here just in case with the Detroit Lions. Uh, another stat to chew on the over has hit four of the last five games for both of these teams. Uh, Joe, any of these numbers looking juicy to you? Well, uh, both the side and the total looks quite juicy, Chelsea. Thank you. But I can't talk about the side. This is this matchup because this is going to be a big play for me here at Picks and Parlays. Be sure to get it. However, as a bonus, I, I, as you just mentioned, I think this is going to be one of the highest scoring affairs on the entire card on Sunday. I put a lean on the over. I think this is going to light up the scoreboard so much they may have to change the light bulbs on the scoreboard. So I like the over here, but be sure to get my side. It's going to be a very very big game for me at Picks and Parlays. All right, next up, we've got the Vikings and the Chiefs. The Vikings are favoring this one at minus two and a half. Uh, I'm not seeing a total on this one because uh, they just announced that Patrick Mahomes is out for this game, so it means it's more Matt Moore for <laughs> the Chiefs. Uh, they're coming off that loss to the Packers, 31-24. Uh, still with a backup quarterback, pretty uh, admirable in that feat. Uh, Craig... Do you think the Chiefs can cover or win or upset? Who do you like in this one, basically? <laughs> well, I was kind of surprised that actually this line didn't move more. Um, I mean, I, I think the Chiefs and more were okay on offense last week, uh, but I think this Vikings defense is really, really good. I think they're going to give Matt Moore big problems here. I like the Vikings minus two and a half. I think this is going to be one of the biggest favorite weeks in the NFL. As you're going to see in my picks, I think I'm going to end up with four favorites and two underdogs. But this is another favorite play for me. I think the Minnesota Vikings go into Kansas City and, and really give them problems with that rush, that pass rush for the Minnesota Vikings. So let's take the Minnesota Vikings minus two and a half with the backup Matt Moore starting for the Chiefs. All right, Joe. Agree well, or disagree? Well, Chelsea, great minds think alike. Don't fool yourself, sports fans. Matt Moore is a huge step down as Patrick Mahomes' replacement. And Kansas City cannot run the ball to ease his burden. Who's coming in? Flip side, uh, Delvin Cook, number three ranked rushing attack against one of the worst defenses against the run in the NFL. Chiefs just cannot stop the rush. I'll tell you what, not only do I like the Vikings, I would take them on the money line to win outright. All right, hot take there. Let's move on to the Bucks and the Seahawks. Seahawks favoring this one minus five, uh, over under 52 and a half. The Bucks coming off that 27 to 23 loss to the Titans and the Seahawks. The stat to chew on is they are 0 and 4 against the spread as home favorites. Craig, uh, where are you leaning? 
Well, I think the big problem in Seattle this year is not their offense. As we see, offensive line has been their issue for years. Uh, it's still not great, but it's way better this year. It's their defense and the injuries they continue to sustain here. I think that's a big problem, Land. This is a pretty big number when you got a banged-up defense against a Tampa Bay team when when they're not throwing the ball to the other team, which, let's be <laughs> honest, that's always the case. Uh, Winston is just, I mean, he makes some terrible decisions. But I think a banged-up secondary, a banged-up defense overall for Seattle is enough for Tampa Bay to score big. And I think I like the over as a, slight, a, a slight play, but I think my best play is going to be on the Tampa Bay Bucks plus five. I think Mariota, or uh, not Mariota, Winston avoids uh, the turnovers in this one and gives Seattle all they can handle. Seattle will be lucky if they just win this game. Right, I think that's the question. It's which Jameis are we going to see? Uh, Joe, what do you think? Chelsea, this may sound a little strange, but strange is normal coming out of Joe D'Amico's mouth. Tampa Bay, to me, is one of the better losing teams in the NFL. Let me put it this way. They're just a few key players away from a solid playoffs team. Uh, they can score points, and they rank number one against the run. Seattle not taking anything away from them. Craig made a few good points. This is a very good team, and Russell Wilson is having a career year. But this offensive unit needs to run the ball to open up the passing game. I don't think they're going to have a lot of success doing so. I think this is going to be a very tight game. I agree with Craig again. I'm getting scared. I think that if Seattle wins this game, it's only going to be one, two, or three points. I'll take the five-plus with Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. One more game left. Patriots, Ravens. Patriots are favored minus three in this one. Over under is 44 and a half. Uh, three looks kind of like a low number. Granted, the Patriots defense have not faced a quarterback like Lamar Jackson uh, so far this season, but they do have a really good defense. Craig, what do you think? What a matchup this is going to be. This could probably end up being, depending on what happens with the Chiefs and, and injuries with Mahomes, but probably two of the best teams in the AFC probably going to face off later down the road again. Uh, this New England defense has been amazing this year, and Bill Belichick isn't going to back down from a, a Ravens defense or offense that can really run the ball. I, you know, He always takes away the other team's best player. I think they're going to make um, make the, the Ravens throw the ball, take away the running game for the Ravens. I think the Patri Patriots not only win here, but win in an impressive fashion and send a message to the rest of the league that if you're going to beat New England, you're going to have to try to find a way to score against the best defense in the league, New England. I also think the under at 44 and a half is a pretty strong play here as the Patriots go into uh, Baltimore and stay undefeated. All right, about 30 seconds left for you, Joe. Who do you think? Well, guys, on this side, this is one of my biggest games of the year. And as Craig mentioned, this might be the biggest matchup thus far this season for the first half of the season. Go to Picks and Parlays. Get my big game winner here. This is one of the biggest plays I've released. But as a bonus, I want all the listeners to know all four of the Patriots road games have gone under the total and two of three at home for the Ravens. Gone under. I like the under in this one. Just on a side note, I have a game of the year on Saturday in college football. You can get right here at Picks and Parlays. All right, thanks as always, both of you, for joining us for NFL Rapid Fire. We're back after the break, recapping all of our picks from today's show on Picks and Parlays. And we are back on Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. That's just my name, that's my handle. Uh, and we had a jam-packed show today. A lot of football to cover before the weekend got here. And in case you are just tuning in or you weren't paying that much attention, if you didn't have your pen and paper out writing down our picks, uh, get ready because we're about to recap all of today's picks 
in a nice little chip. Charimbus, uh, Utah, Washington, he likes the over in that one, 47 and a half is the number. Ole Miss Auburn, he likes the Rebels to cover uh, plus 19 and a half. NC State Wake Forest, he likes the over to hit 60 and a half. Moving on to NFL with Tony T, Cowboys Giants in that Monday night game, taking the Cowboys minus seven. Packers Chargers taking the Packers minus three and a half. And Bucks at Seahawks taking the Bucks plus five. And then on our rapid fire NFL segment, Craig Trapp. Bears Eagles. Uh, he says take the Eagles minus four and a half. Titans Panthers taking the Panthers uh, minus three and a half. And then Pats Ravens, a wonderful AFC matchup. Uh, he likes the Pats in that one minus three and a half. Joe D'Amico also gave us some NFL picks. Titans Panthers, he likes the Titans uh, minus three and a half in that one. Uh, and I believe the Titans are the they're not favored in that one. Uh, they're actually plus three and a half. Vikings Chiefs taking the Vikings plus two. And then Bucks at Seahawks. He likes the Bucks at plus five. A lot of picks and a lot of stuff. And if you didn't get your fill, we've got plenty more on our YouTube page. If you search picks and parlays on YouTube, we've got a whole library full of picks. Uh, that's going to do it for our show today. Thanks for joining us here on Picks and Parlays. Bet, win, repeat. We'll see you on Monday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.